Trauma. It's a word that you've probably heard thrown around quite a bit, but what is trauma, really? My name is Shanna White, but you can call me Shan. I'm a psychologist, and defining trauma is a pretty big part of my day-to-day life. But my job goes beyond providing a dictionary description of what trauma is, because that's just the tip of the iceberg, as they say. No, my job is to define trauma, to highlight its impacts, and most importantly, to help those who've lived through it to figure out how to thrive beyond it. I've spent years working with children, adolescents and adults trying to guide them through the process of recovering from complex trauma. Needless to say, I've seen and heard a lot and now you will too. But first, a trigger warning. This podcast deals with some pretty heavy topics including domestic violence, substance abuse, mental illness, crimes against children, self-harm, sexual abuse, multi-generational trauma, and suicide. If you don't think you're in the right headspace to deal with any of these topics right now, please cut yourself some slack, take a deep breath, and come back another day. I'll be here. I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and elders on all the lands on which we work and meet. I appreciate the significant place Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders hold, and I identify them as the first Australians. I value and celebrate Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander history, culture and future and I'm committed to supporting reconciliation through speaking the truth, pursuing justice and creating opportunities to heal together. I pay my deep respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander elders past and present and acknowledge all Aboriginal children, young people, families and staff who I provide services to now and in the future. I embrace and commit to the spirit of work and self-determination, empowerment and reconciliation. Welcome back to the Trauma Tales, everybody. Today we are being joined by Molly. Hi, Molly. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm really good. So, Uh, Let's just jump straight on in. Tell me a little bit about a time where you experienced trauma. Um, Probably the time that we didn't talk about was, um, when was that now? It was a few years ago. I think it was 2016. um, And we had an unlawful entry uh, into our house overnight. um, And... Yeah, so it wasn't like classed as a break and enter because evidently we had accidentally left the garage door up, um, but mm. it was a then opportunistic um, um, crime because there were a couple of carloads of people driving around the neighbourhood. Um, they'd already stolen those cars, um, saw our garage door up, so we're coming in to grab, the police assumed coming in to grab um our car keys to take off with our cars as well and who yeah wow so who was home um all of us so my husband myself um and then our two kids so they would have been uh three and one or you know maybe 14 months or something like that at the time yeah what time of like what time Um, or day what was happening uh, 10 past one in the morning Oh, everyone's in bed. Yeah, yeah. So we're all in bed. Um, and I am a very light sleeper. So I mm-hmm. woke up um, because our blue cattle outside had done a couple of barks. Like he wasn't even going crazy or anything, but he'd done sort of a couple of barks. And 
I got up um, and went into our ensuite because we've got a window. So I poked my head out the window um, to see if I could hear anything else. Um, and I couldn't really hear anything else. And I think I even told him to be quiet out the window. Um, and then I was like, oh, well, I'm awake. So I went to the toilet and then I got up, came back into our bedroom um, and grabbed my glasses and put on um, because I thought, oh, as I came back into our bedroom, um, I grabbed my glasses to put on because I heard a door sort of squeaking as it opened. And I just kind of thought it was the pantry door and thought our three-year-old was up sort of walking around during the middle of the night. Trying to get cookies. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I grabbed my glasses and put them on. And as I came, I got them off my bedside table. And as I came um, to the end of our bed and looked out our bedroom window, because we're sort of at the back of the house. Um, and as I, sorry, not the back, not the bedroom window. As I stood, looked out the bedroom door, um, down the hallway, um, I can see like the front door and the garage, like the internal garage door and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I stood in the bedroom door frame, um, I saw this light sort of flickering up and down in the hallway. And again, just not computing what was going on. I just thought that again, my daughter had her nightlight and was like walking around the house, flashing her nightlight. Yeah. Cause and you don't expect it to there, be anything else no and I stood there staring down the hallway and it felt like forever felt like such a long time and I still don't know whether I verbalized anything or whether I thought it but I think I might have verbalized it because that's why then the torch flicked down onto me I think I said what are you doing in my house as it sort of occurred to me that this was someone standing in the house with a torch looking up and down the hallway. Um, And again, my first thought was, why are the police in my house? Like, what's going on? The police to be my, because I was thinking, you know, police can just let themselves into people's houses. It's okay. Um, And and then I realised that it wasn't. Um, And, yeah, and I think I must have said, what are you doing in my house? And it really was like, this wave like I felt like suddenly it all just hit me at once and he didn't answer and he went ran straight out the door and I just stood in the doorway screaming and screaming and screaming and saying to my husband there's someone in the house there's someone in the house (laughs) he laughs now because he thought I was screaming there's a mouse there's a mouse (laughs) again not expecting me to be saying there's someone in the house um and he just flew out of bed, flew to out of our bedroom and he never saw them or anything. So he had no idea where he was even running to. He was just running. Um, And I tell the story now, like he was yelling and his voice was so low and so deep. Like I've never heard it before. And I, I almost liken it to like this gorilla, like running down the hallway, like beating his chest as he was running down the hallway. And I, he is not that type of man at all. Like he's a lover, not a hater. And I've never, I've never heard him like that before and never have again. Um, but he just tore down the hallway. Um, and he says it wasn't until he sort of hit the, he went out the garage door and it wasn't until he hit like the actual roller door um, and the cold air hit him because it was like August, um, that he realised sort of what was going on and he stopped running because he was like, crap, I don't know how many people are around or what the hell's going on. Um, and we, 
this road on our, like on the right of the house, sort of a main road um, to in and out of the estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we heard a couple of car doors slam um, and he could see the cars um, out on the road. So there were two car loads worth of people um, and they stupidly went down the road and then around the roundabout and drove past the house again. <laughs> so we got a really good look at the cars. Well, my husband did. I was just stood there screaming um, and he was yelling at me to go and call the police. And <laughs> again, I was like, do I call the, like, do I just call triple zero or do I call like police link? And he's like, just call triple zero. So I didn't want to, like I had to leave him and run back into the bedroom to get my phone. And I was really scared to even leave him and get the phone because again, like I didn't know if they were going to do anything to him because he was just one person. Mm. Um, and they had two car loads. Yeah. Yeah. And we, after they left, um, like the police were amazing. Like they were around really, really quick. Um, they came through and like with their torches, looked through the whole house just to make sure that no one else was in the house. And I got them to go into the kids' rooms um, as well. Um, but thankfully they didn't hear anything. Like they sleep with their doors shut. Um, so they didn't know. So the kids happened. slept through the whole thing. They slept through the whole thing. Um, and <laughs> even if our, yeah, even if our youngest um, had have woke up and got out of, because he was in a toddler bed at that stage, I think. Yeah, he was. So even if he had have got out, like he couldn't have opened the handle anyway. We, had a, we still had the baby monitor in his room. So he would just yell out for us when he needed us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, our eldest, she could have just walked out um, at any point. But we really tried to sort of protect them from ever knowing and they still don't know that anything happened um but it was very odd because we seem to think that the eldest the three-year-old must have heard something either sort of subconsciously like in her sort of sleep or whatever because this was like a brand new house and we'd been in it for a few months Mm -hmm. um and you know new house that we built and so she was really excited at three to be able to pick out her own bedroom and you know she chose how to decorate it and all that sort of thing But that night, um, so like it happened at one o'clock in the morning, we sort of went off to work and everything when we did after the forensics police had been. Um, And then that night she was just adamant she wasn't going into her room. Um, She didn't want to go in there. um, And, you know, I was, oh, why not? It's okay. It's very safe. (laughs) Off you go. (laughs) Um, And I was really torn then um, as a mum because it sort of went against everything like even though I knew you know the chances like they weren't you know coming after us in particular you know they just the garage was up so they were coming in to take off with with cars like they had um the thought like I hated putting them in their beds and walking off and just pretending like everything was normal um but the ages they were at like you know it was really important to kind of just keep that normality for them and they were none the wise. Well, especially the youngest, you know, he was none the wiser. Um, but it just, it, yeah, it went against everything. I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to sit in their rooms <laughs> and sleep in their room or sleep in the toy room. And I mean, I didn't sleep anyway. I, I didn't sleep for years after. This episode of The Trauma Tales is brought to you by Dr. Olga Laval and Associates, award-winning providers of psychological services, including telehealth and phone consultations 
empowering people to make meaningful changes to their lives. For more information, please go to www.olgalaval.com. Mm, so tell me about that. Oh, my God, I can't even imagine just waking up and there just being people in your house. Like yeah, that would have been the ultimate fight or flight response. It was. It, and like I said, I didn't even, you never know how, you hear people say you never know how you're going to react and you really don't because I, I never consciously decided to scream. Um, it just all happened. Like I didn't, I didn't think about any of my actions or anything like that. It just took over and I just started screaming um, and my husband got up and, you know, ran he down the hallway. But turned into the Hulk. He was on a rampage. He did. He, he did. He, it, he did. And, you know, again, like we laugh now because <laughs> he normally just sleeps naked and in winter he'll just sleep with a shirt on but nothing on, on the bottom. So we laugh now that, you know, he's running down the hallway and it's just slapping around as he's running down and that's what scared them off. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hilarious could you imagine i know <laughs> if they did a movie of your life they have to replay that scene <laughs> oh that's a classic oh that'll be his claim to fame forever that's how I that's know. how to do robbers sleep naked <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness so what yeah. tell me about what happened for you in the next sort of couple of days um, it was really awful, actually, um, because he, I think that was the week before. So he was already, he'd already agreed to go and work um, regional in Bundaberg for our, the mm -hmm. company that we work for. Mm -hmm. um, and so he was going to be up there Monday to Fridays, come home on weekends for, it was a three-month stint. Mm -hmm. um, and so all of that was fine up until sort of that night. Um he then wasn't going to go, um, you know, and I said, don't be silly, it's fine. Um, but I I really struggled and I think it was even, I think, I can't remember how, what order I did it in, but um, I did contact you, Shan, um, mm -hmm. to help me through because I knew that, you know, with him leaving, I couldn't at that point, like I couldn't even function to be like sort of left alone with the kids and it was more... I was scared that I wouldn't know how to react or what I would do. Like I'm very much a planner and so I need to know in my head if this happens, then I'll do this. If this happens, then this will be what I'll do and this is how I'll tackle it. And But I didn't know what, you know, I didn't know what to do, you know, and people were, you know, telling me, you know, I wasn't sleeping and people like, you know, take sleeping tablet, but they didn't get it. Like I didn't want, I didn't want to sleep. I didn't because I didn't want to not hear anything. Like that was what that was what it was I'm like I, I need to know that I'm going to be able to hear if anything happens again I'm going to I, yeah I didn't want to sleep that was the thing I was so tired and as much as I did as much as I did want to sleep I didn't if that makes sense because mm, yeah absolutely. I was just too scared to not hear anything as I say like and, and miss someone coming in because I'm like you know they're not going to be making lots of noise as they come through they're going to be doing it really stealth and I needed to I didn't have a plan in my head as to how what I would do if it were to happen again. Mm. Um, yeah, so the days after, I can't even really remember. I know that I worked with you a lot um, mm -hmm. before he left um, because I couldn't even go into the garage, um, mm. especially with the lights off. Like I couldn't, I couldn't go into it. Um, I 
started a good friend um, who's an electrician put in another um, switch for me so that I could just turn the garage door off from the power like completely so every night and that's something I still do tonight like sorry still do every night um, when I do lock up um, I flick the make sure the garage is down and I flick the switch off so that there's no actual power to the garage oh um, so like they you can't access the power the door the garage door doesn't go up no no so if you had the remote um you couldn't like it won't work I flick it I flick it off um oh that's clever yeah yeah because you know how like it, the little motors on the roof yeah so I was getting I was getting like a broomstick <laughs> and trying to flick it every night um so <laughs> he put in another switch for us um and it's just higher than the light switch so um it's not something that can be accidentally knocked off or any, like turned off or anything. Um, but yeah, I still turn it off every night. Yeah. Um, and the night, so then that sort of was okay. Um, because the other thing that happened when the police arrived that night, um, they arrived and some went through the house and then the others were sort of looking around the front of the house and found um, my running shoes out the front. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just going to throw them because I couldn't bear the thought of running in them again or because, you know, someone else had come in and taken them. Yeah. Um, And they obviously didn't see the laptop that was sitting in the garage. Apparently the, you know, stinky old Adidas runners were (laughs) better than the the laptop. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, Yeah, so that's how we knew that there had to be um, at least, you know, more than just the one that was in the house because there was a there was there was nothing in his hands, and there was another set out, like my runners were out on the floor. Um, but you told me not to throw them out mm-hmm. um, because they were my shoes, and and I would be able to put them back on. Um, and and I did. It did take a little bit. Um, it took us. But a I do while. remember posting that for yeah. I do remember when I put them on and went for a run in them for the first time um and yeah and do feeling like like every sort of footstep I took was like a fuck you as I ran (laughs) because they (laughs) were my shoes um and I was keeping them and you didn't get them and you didn't get anything else in my house because I you know heard you and, and interrupted you so you didn't take anything else yeah but um the night that he, like the night that um, my husband left, so that first night I was, and again, like it was only like the week later, so I was thinking, oh, it's fine, went to work fine, picked the kids up from daycare, um, and I had this real thing that I had to be showered myself um, before the kids went to bed because I didn't want to be in the shower at night time um, with like all the lights so no one else in the house again to hear if something was happening outside so I remember I would um sit them because they had their little table and from our bedroom and from our shower I can see out our bedroom door so I would sit them um at their little table um right at our bedroom door (laughs) and have the quickest shower of my life while I was watching them eat and then get out and then you know act like everything was normal and put them to bed um which I did fine and I got them to bed fine that first night. Um, and it was sort of just on just on dusk and the sun was going down and 
the dog barked um, outside because he does, he was a dog and we live next to a footpath and people walk past and he just barked a couple of times. But I've never, I'd never had an anxiety attack before, um, but I did that night and I just completely, um, I completely freaked out really. Like I couldn't breathe. And I think I might've already been texting you, Shanna, at the mm-hmm. time. Um, yeah. And then you called me and tried I to talk you. me down. Yeah. And stayed on the phone with me. Um, I got my beautiful mother-in-law um, to come around um, and she came around and she stayed with me um, every night. So she'd go to work um, from our house um, and she'd come back um, and just have dinner and shower and stay here with us of a night time um, because my mum who lives away um, in like near Townsville, she was coming down anyway, like she'd already planned um, holiday for two weeks to come down. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, my mother-in-law stayed with me for that week um, and then my mum came down and then I had someone else again in the house for another two weeks, um, which was really helpful. Um, you know, I don't know why, just because I guess, that there was someone else there, um, you know, to help if something else happened again. <laughs> yeah, probably. It was probably also um, to sort of share the the responsibility of keeping an eye out. Yeah. Because when it's just you, you're the only person kind of responsible. And if you're already heightened and you're already like hypervigilant, then if someone else is there, they can kind of take some of the watch with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. This episode of The Trauma Tales is brought to you by Cognitive Behavioural Education, providing training and supervision for people working with people who experience trauma. If you work with people, you know how challenging it can be sometimes and how you can end up having the wrong end of someone's day or having to deal with their trauma. CBE's training and supervision services can upskill and support you and your team to manage de-escalate and thrive in these situations. For more information, go to www.cbe.net.au. So what were some of the other stuff that you kind of noticed over the next sort of couple of weeks and how did you kind of get better? Um, what else did I do? So after I'd spoken to you, um, because you were amazing at even just getting me to um function throughout the day um then there are a few other things I think that were sort of like setting off that um anxiety feelings again like um um, like a light flickering or um even if it just you know the the reflection like the light flickers off something like metallic or something like that um it would be like you know like the torch and it would just freak me out again um and I'd actually done hypnobirthing with both of my two kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lady that ran that was, you know, a qualified hypnotherapist and also offered, um, you know, um, like hypnotherapy for things. Um, so I made an appointment um, and went and saw her. And I don't remember whether I had one or two sessions. It might have even just been the one. Um, but she, like, that was amazing. So I spoke to her about things that were um setting me off um and then she did whatever she did like I don't even remember (laughs) I just lay there as and closed my eyes and went into that hypnosis um and just I do remember her talking about post-its so you know like if you're having these 
feelings to acknowledge it but to feel like you've you know you, you're just going to write it down on a on a post-it in your mind and just pin it there because mm-hmm. it's yeah um you've acknowledged it and it's there but it's nothing it's not something that is um you know like the that needs attention right now because everything exactly. else, like at this point is okay um yeah yeah. So we sort of do that. Um, if that's a really, really good one. You sort of look at the thought and go, well, that's that's that thing. I'm going to put that on a post-it. I'm going to put it over there because I don't actually yeah. have to process that or deal with that right now because I'm doing this. It's sort of like at yeah. work when you're in a meeting and you get phone calls and messages, you don't actually have to deal with them right there. It's not urgent. It doesn't need to be prioritised. You can come back to it later. And yeah. like, I don't know about you, but at work, sometimes you get a message and it's now redundant. Like if you go away yeah. for a while and then you come back, like if you go away for like a week or something, you come back, there's all these messages and at least half of them, always for me, at least half of them are now redundant because it's yeah, something exactly. sorted itself out. So, yeah, yeah. that's why that that um, strategy works so well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, in all honesty, I I didn't sleep for years, like not, not properly. Um, mm. We... Like my husband then ended up getting um, applying for a permanent job in Bundaberg. So we packed up and, and went up there at the end of the year. So that happened in the August. Um, and in December, we were packing up our house to move up um, move up to Bundaberg. Um, How did you and feel I do, about that? Um, I do remember thinking, um, well, I was sort of, well, I wasn't thrilled on Bundaberg, to be honest. Due <laughs> <laughs> to um, be. Yeah. Um, And just because, you know, I was like, I didn't know anyone there and it was going to be completely new. Um, And we had built this house and we'd finally put the pool in, you know, with this place that we wanted. And, you know, it was lovely and we weren't here for very long. Mm. Um, But also I do remember thinking, oh, well, maybe being in a different house will be better, you know, because it's not the same house that this has happened in. Um, But evidently it didn't make any difference um I was still just as scared in a new place um as what I was um in this house and we rented out this house um and then we only ended up being up there for a year and we were lucky enough to come back to our house but I remember being really excited about coming back um to our house um and whether or not it was because I was coming back to what I knew and what was comfortable and, you know, all my friends and everything as well. Mm. Um, but the, yeah, the, the change in house didn't mean anything, didn't mean anything for me. So. Yeah, that's um, disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, the way that house was laid out was worse in a way because sort of all the bedrooms were down this hall that ran down the side of the house so to me I couldn't see any entries or exits um whereas I feel like here I didn't like that we were at the back of the house originally and I still don't love it but I feel like where I am and where our bed is um like I can look straight out our bedroom door and see the lounge room the kitchen um can't quite see the front door um but someone, you know, someone was going to come in, then that's, I can pretty much see they're coming to come through the laundry or our back doors um, or straight down the hallway. So I feel like I can wake up, look down and sort of see what, a, you know, if anything was was going on. Um, but I, I still sleep with a, the light on in the hall now. We have this little dull lamp mm-hmm. um, and I just have that on a timer and it comes on and 
turns off. Um, yeah, I have one of those because my yeah. my little one's a wanderer. She just goes on adventures. Yeah. <laughs> Does my head in. Yeah. <laughs> Comes in for a chat. I'm like, dude, it's three o'clock. What are you yeah. talking about? She's like, so my friend said this at school. I'm like, can, can, it, can you talk to me when the sun's up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, and the kids didn't know, but obviously they've, you know, um, particularly daughter, she'd picked up that something wasn't sort of right. She's obviously picked something up, like, from you and or, or your husband. Yeah. So they still don't know, you said earlier in the piece, then yeah. still not sort of, and that was a conscious choice to not tell them. Yeah, yeah, um, because, of, and I think because of how I felt, you know, I didn't feel okay with it, so I didn't want to, um, you know, offload any of my fears or, you know, irrational fears, because some of them were. Um, I didn't want to offload that onto them and make them feel worse about, you know, being in their own house or, you know, their own rooms. Um, so, yeah, I, I still just haven't haven't spoke about it in front of them or told them about it. Yeah. I loved, uh, I do remember, I remember being on the phone to you, I remember it, and it was, um, 2015, it would have been because yeah, I was it probably, living in yeah, because my youngest was 2014 born. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, our our littlest ones were born the same. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I remember that because I was living in a specific house that I only lived in for that year. Um, but I remember, I remember you sending me the picture of of you in the joggers, yeah, and getting you back <laughs> in the joggers, and and you yeah. sort of, um going for that run and every step being a fuck you and get out of my fucking house and, yeah, and yeah. being really empowered by that. I, I loved that. It made me smile at the time. And it was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very good feeling to finish that run. Good. Good. Yeah. You're still running? Um, not so much <laughs> just because my husband's taken up cycling. So he goes out in the morning, so I can't really go out while the kids are still young. Um, yeah. But I'll get up and run a bit on the treadmill, even though it's boring as batshit I'll do that so and then <laughs> I know but I'll work out in the garage um and I'll do all of that see in the garage I go out there at 4 30 in the morning um, hey the- yeah that's right look at you go <laughs> no one's coming in I to go get you do- no that's right I got weights I'll just whack them over the head with it <laughs> I love it thank you so so much for coming on the trauma tales and and telling thank us you your story Molly me. anytime thank you Thank you for joining me today on The Trauma Tales. Now is a good time to go and do some self-care, especially if this tale resonated for you. If you'd like to reach out to The Trauma Tales to be a sponsor of the show or to come onto the show, please email thetraumatales, all one word, all lowercase, at gmail.com. This podcast is a production of Shanna White Psychology.